Thank you. It's been wonderful already this morning because we had to bring in extra chairs. Um, that's great. We're trying a slightly different layout. I hope you um, like it. If you like it, if you hate it, we're happy for feedback. But not the minute we finish the service. Because <coughs> uh, we're not necessarily in the best place, not necessarily emotionally, but just we forget things or I forget things as I walk out. I think I should also say that the majority of the service today has been created by Elaine and the young people. I kind of get a bit of a, not a free ride, but I, I kind of top and tail and, and just go a bit of encouraging. I think that's my job today. Our call to worship, our biblical call to worship, comes from the prophet Micah. You, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, and he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. Wake up, little baby God. Wake up, little baby God. Thousands of children, Thousands of children. have been born. Have been born. Just like you. Just like you. Without a roof. Without a roof. Without bread. Without bread. Without protection. Without protection. Our first carol this morning, it's on the sheet. It will also appear on the screen is uh, an Iona carol, uh, very contemporary, that reminds us of the crazy wonder of what God did at Christmas. Who would think that what was needed to transform and save the earth might not be a plan or army <laughs> proved in, purpo proved in pur proud in purpose, proved in worth? Too many alliterations there for me. Um, if you're able and you'd like to, you're invited to join and sing. If you prefer to sit back and listen, that is absolutely fine too.
And so we're going to join together in prayer. I'm going to lead us in a prayer for today. And at the end of that, you are invited to join us in saying the Lord's Prayer. And as usual, that is in whatever language and whatever version feels the most natural. So let's pray together. Loving God, as we near the end of the Advent season, as we make our final preparations for the Christmas festivities, as we hope that we haven't overlooked anything important, it is good for us to step aside and remind ourselves why we do all this. Incarnate Christ, the story of whose birth we will ponder again today, entering the vulnerable reality of a peasant family, living in an occupied territory, and who would spend some years as a refugee in a land far from home. It is good for us to, to spot the similarities to and differences from stories of our own time. Life-giving spirit, present before creation, present in the conception and incarnation of the Christ child, present here with us and present throughout our troubled earth. Refresh our hearts, renew our courage and restore our hope. Holy Three, ever present and active in all creation, accept our praises and attend to our prayers, which we offer in the name of Jesus, the baby of Bethlehem, who, when he grew up, taught his friends how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
expectant parents, Mary and Joseph, have just arrived in Britain after a long journey. However, the couple hadn't quite received the welcome they'd anticipated. Can you read the sign? We're full! No foreigners. So you're not from Syria? Fearing for the safety of their newborn child should they return home, Mary and Joseph have decided to apply for asylum. While their asylum claim is being processed, the UK government has provided Mary and Joseph with some temporary accommodation. However, the conditions leave much to be desired. Meanwhile, some important visitors are getting their first taste of immigration enforcement in the UK. Stop! Can I take your names and nationalities? My name is Balthazar. This is Casper and he is Monkey You're all from the East. How long are you going to be in the UK? However long it takes us to deliver a gift. So you got no return date? No plan yet! So in that case you've got to come with me. After months of uncertainty, Mary and Joseph's asylum claim has been refused. Let's try Egypt next, Joseph. For asylum seekers in the UK, this Christmas will be no laughing matter. Individuals seeking asylum in the UK are entitled to less than £37 a week in financial support, are unable to work and are at risk of poverty and homelessness if their asylum claim is rejected. That's why, this year, churches are reminding the government about a particular Middle Eastern family who sought refuge in a foreign country over 2,000 years ago. It's time to give the asylum seekers of today the dignity they deserve. That video was produced, as you saw, by um, Christians from the Church of Scotland, the Baptist Union of Great Britain, the Methodist Church in the UK, and the United Reformed Church in the UK. Um, it's available online on YouTube if you want to look at it again. If you do Twitter, you might like to tweet Amber Rudd, with two Ds, not two Bs, as I put on my Twitter feed yesterday, uh, with, a, with a link to that um, and a hashtag um, a thousand before Christmas or restart the rescue if it's something that, that um, fires your imagination and you'd like to do that. There are also uh, some alternative Christmas carols. Um, I'm just going to do a bit of jiggery-pokery to get back to the right page. We're going to sing an alternative Christmas carol now. It's not one of the ones that's been written um, this year. It's one that was written about 15 years ago by a congregational minister in training who trained alongside me in Manchester. Um, Graham is a very uh, politically aware and astute man 
and he wrote this alternative version of Away in a Manger. And I suggest we remain seated as we sing it. now to Bethlehem to Dar al-Kalima College and stand on the terrace high up and overlooking Bethlehem. Mitri Raheb is the pastor of the Lutheran Christian Christmas Church in Bethlehem and showing me a peace garden about to be dedicated. If you look out over there he said, pointing, you can see the separation barrier that is almost complete. When it is complete, all the green bits will be on the other side of the wall. We are building this garden so that our children might still smell spring. In the 1960s, Jewish people in Poland were subjected to much persecution. Nina's father decided to move with his family to Israel to make a new life there. Speaking about her experience, Nina said that the first time she ever felt any real sense of identity was when she came to live in Israel. She felt able to acknowledge her Jewishness. But the, but the first house she she and her husband were offered by the government had been the home of a Palestinian family made refugees in 1967. Nina and her husband did not accept the legal the house. She started a lifelong involvement with 
peace organizations in Israel. Now within the legal borders of Israel, Nina and her husband, both refugees from Poland 45 years ago, are building their new home. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everybody went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He, 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. and Bonnie first of all. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Come and have a seat because we're going to get things ready for baby Jesus, aren't we? Now this shawl that we've wrapped our baby in just now is very, very special to me because this shawl was given to me by my niece called Liana when she was about eight years old and at that time I was very pregnant with Freya. In fact, it was it was the end of November, so it was nearly Advent. And she was busy playing, and we were talking, me and my sister were talking about having a baby. And she suddenly ran away and came back with this lovely shawl and said, this was my brother's shawl, and it was my shawl, and now I play with it with my dolls, but I want you to have it for when the baby comes. And I was just delighted. And it was very, very special. And then Freya used the shawl, and Sarah used the shawl, and now their dolls use the show, although it's been in the cupboard for a little while now. <laughs> and I like to think that maybe one day, maybe one day Leanna will have a baby of her own. 
And maybe we can give the shawl back to her and it can become that baby shawl. And today, it's the shawl for our baby Jesus. Because Mary and Joseph had travelled a long way. You remember the story, yeah? And when they get to the stable, staying in a stable when you're going to have a baby, there was nowhere to put the baby. And this is our manger today that we're going to use. But it looks a bit rough, doesn't it, to put the baby in, even though the baby's got a special shawl. I wonder have we got anything else special we could put in the manger. Have you brought something, Lewis? Mummy's scarf. You brought Mummy's scarf with you. Do you want to put it in to make it lovely? What have you brought, Meredith? Um, my taggy. Your taggy. Why is taggy special? Um, because he's so snuggly. He's so snuggly. You pop that in? Max, do you want to pop yours in or do you want to keep hold of it just now? What have you brought with you? My taggy. Thank you very much. Pop it in. Do you think anybody else in the Sunday school has brought anything special with them? Shall we see? If, you've, if anybody else in Sunday school has brought a cloth, do you want to bring it down just now as well? Okay. Freya, what have you brought? Uh, this is my crocheted blanket that my mum made. So that's why it's special to me. And do you want to start getting a nice present, girls, yeah? Sarah, what have you brought? I brought my one as well. You brought your one as well. Sam, what have you brought? A warm shirt. A warm shirt, lovely. You pop that in. Amelia, what have you got? A hat. A hat, lovely. You put it in. Thank you very, very much. Would you like to get the crib ready? Pop the baby in, you can get it all nice while the choir sing for us now. Thank you. <coughs> for a reflection. If you have a set of keys in your bag or your pocket, just take them out just now. <coughs> in my job, I work for something called the Poverty Truth Commission. And that brings together very different people to work towards making change. It brings together some people who might be the head of social work or a top civil servant or a politician or in charge of the big lottery in Scotland, or a pop star, with some other people who might have been homeless, 
who might be struggling to have enough food to feed their family, who might have been told at school that they'll never amount to anything. And it says, together, we can do something different. And when we get those people together at first, it can be really awkward and really difficult. Because sometimes people's titles get in the way, or what we think of somebody, where they're from, or what their accent is. So one of the first things that we do when we introduce ourselves in the new commission is we introduce ourselves by our first name. And I normally make them do something kind of awkward as well to do that too. So you'll know now that if you ever end up at a Poverty Truth Commission meeting, you might be, want to be prepared. Because one of the first things I say is, we'll go around the room and I want you to tell me your first name. And I don't want to know what you do for a living if you, if you do work. But I would like you to pick something out of your pocket or something that you're wearing and tell us what that tells you about yourself. Now, my favourite story doesn't fit with what I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> because when we went around the circle and some very important pieces of jewellery were discussed or photographs or whatever, Courtney, who was 21 at the time, pulled out of her bag a half-eaten roll and sausage and said, this tells you something about me. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just lovely, and I loved that. But another time when we did it, Ian pulled out a set of keys. And he said... Three months ago, I was living on the streets homeless. And I've been on the streets for over a year. But now, I've got my own home. I've got my own set of keys. And you will never know how much they mean to me or what they tell you about me. Another person I've met through the Poverty Truth Commission, some of you might have met a while ago, she came to the church briefly, is Amy. Amy at the time was an asylum seeker in this country and had come from her own country in Ivory Coast. Her story is a very difficult story, but she had to flee from violence and the threat of violence. When civil war broke out, she was away from home at the time. She was in Canada and she thought, where can I go that will be safe? Where can I go because I can no longer return home? So she came to Britain because she'd heard about Britain and she knew that this was a place, she says herself, where democracy was one of the founding principles. She thought, I'll be safe here. And she came and she told her very difficult story to the people at the Home Office. And she told the whole story. She held nothing back because she thought this is important. And at the end of that story, the Home Office official said to her, I don't believe you. Later, Amy told that story again. She told it in Woodside Community Halls in front of 500 people. And she stood with great pride and self-presence and spoke her story and spoke of her experience and of her experience of being welcomed in Glasgow and getting her own set of keys. And in that room, you could, you know, when you can hear people listening, you could hear people listening. You could hear that silence. And I said to her at the end, I spoke to her later that evening, and I said, how did it feel to know that all those people believed you when you told your story. And she said, I will never forget that. You will never know what that meant to me. I know that many of you, like me this week, will have been watching the news and not knowing what to do. Seeing stories that are too hard to hear or too hard to watch. For me, I like to remember the power of what Amy told me, the importance of being heard of being believed. There's another story about keys as well. I was talking about keys to a friend 
who spoke about Palestinian families, some of whom we heard about in the stories that the Clellans read to us, who have been forced to leave their homes and give them up. And when they leave, they lock the door and they take the keys away. And they know that they may never come back to that home, but they keep the keys. And they pass those keys on down through the generation because they keep the hope and the sense of home alive. Last week, many of you brought presents for Refugee, who were delighted with the generosity that you showed. And today, they're having a party to celebrate International Migrants Day at the tramway. A welcome, a set of keys. There was another set of keys that I found recently. It wasn't a set, it was a huge bowl of keys. When we were closing up the church and I was looking round and there were all the things on the table and I was telling my children not to take too much stuff and then of course it was me that took too much stuff, there was a bowl of keys and it was a bowl of keys to the building and they just seemed so precious to me. Some of them still had the tags on them that said mothers and toddlers and lots of them you could tell were for the storm door but lots, some were very, very old and some were very tiny and those keys seemed too precious and I took them away and Graham quite rightly said, what are you going to do with them? And I said, I don't know. And then luckily Joan needed a key and sure enough, one of the keys in my giant bowl fitted a lock that she needed. But Joan said, I've got more keys. You can, you can take them as well. And so when I was thinking about all these different stories of keys, it started to make sense. And the Sunday school friend said, if you want to start handing them out just now, the Sunday school have taken some of those keys and they've written a little gift tag to go along with the key that we're now going to give to everybody. That's okay. They might be tangled up. It might take a while. So if you take them around that side. And what we'd like to invite you to do is to take your key, your gift, and to keep it. You might want to put it on your Christmas tree, or you might want to put it somewhere special. But what I'd really like you to do, perhaps at the end of Christmas or even right now, is to put that key on your own key ring. And remember. Remember people for whom keys is a new start, is a welcome, is a sign of being believed. And although that might make your own key ring a bit more complicated and a bit bigger, I think it's always important to remember.
pray. Come all you faithful, come and see, come and witness, come and act. Come and be part the moment of God's breaking into human history to offer a better future. God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, provide for all seeking refuge from famine. God of Hagar, Joseph and Moses, liberate all seeking refuge from slavery. God of Esther, Naomi and Ruth, strengthen all seeking refuge as families. God of David, Elijah and Jeremiah, protect all seeking refuge from conflict. God of Ezekiel, Ezra and Nehemiah, comfort all who are longing for home. God of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, journey with all seeking refuge today. In the name of the one who was both refuge and refugee. Lord, equip us to change the story from frustration to freedom for those stuck in refugee camps, from panic to peace for those separated from families, from trafficking to safe passage for those on perilous journeys, from despair to hope for hearts weary with grief, from worry to hospitality for minds uncertain of change, from crisis to opportunity for countries providing a home, from foreigner to family as we were welcomed by you. May we never miss meeting your gaze in the eyes of our sibling, the stranger. Come all you faithful, come and see, come and witness, come and act. Come and be part, the moment of God's break into human history to offer a better future. Come all you faithful, amen.
sad and troubled Bethlehem, we hear your longing cry for peace and justice to be born and cruel oppression die. How deep your need for that great gift of love in human form. Let Christ in you be seen again and hearts by hope made warm. While morning stars and evening stars shine out in your dark sky, despair now stalks your troubled streets where innocents still die. And Jesus, child of Mary, whose love will never cease, feels even now your pain and fear, longs with you for your peace. Amazingly and lovingly, Jesus, a child, has come and brought to birth through human pain makes broken hearts his home. He comes to comfort all who weep, to challenge every wrong, and living with the poor, the weak, becomes their hope, their strong.
I'm sure with me you'd like to thank all the Sunday school, the adults, the young people, the children and even the tinies who have led us in a very meaningful and profound service today. Um, you're allowed to clap. <laughs> I still have a set of church keys. I will treasure my church keys, Elaine, and I've added my new one to it. And even if the lock on the new church door is different, these will come back with me on that day. So a blessing. May the promises of God spoken by the prophets bring hope to our lives. May the word of God incarnate in Jesus be born again in our hearts and minds. May the peace proclaimed by the angels once more fill the skies, then spread throughout this earth. For this Christmas time and always. Amen.